You know what time it is No matter where you've been So let's do it again Listen up and let the sun shine And we've got soul training Time to practice what you preach Ooh, yeah. Yes we do, we've got soul training Hey, Daniel, one of the great things that I really love about doing this podcast and the opportunities that we've been given is we get to study some very deep, deep, deep questions in relation to spirituality, yes, we do. humanity, theology, all of those things. And one of the big questions that has been weighing on me for, goodness, two months, huge question, what is it like what is it like? Think about this. What is it like to be Big Show Joe? <laughs> There's only one person in the room that knows that, really. Joe, can you give us some insight? What is it like to be you? I know everybody knows you, wherever you go. They do. I get a lot of shout-outs so far. No meals or anything. We'll keep What's that. it like when you go out into restaurants? Um, can you go out without um, disguise? Right now, yes. But this thing seems to be snowballing, so who knows? Maybe next month? No, I don't know. I know right now I have a hard time walking into certain uh, places. <laughs> Why is that? Just the fans, man. It's a, it's a tough it, life. Is it the big b- billboard? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I'm like a what's below Z. Nothing's below Z. I would be a post alphabet celebrity at this point. Well, I you know it's really been it's weighing on me, and you know I was just curious, you know, Ma, you know when you hurt, I hurt. When you when you celebrate, I win. So I would just you're always on my mind, and I just wondered how you were handling things, and just want to make sure you're okay. Well, I do appreciate you talking to me first. Usually, I have to just interject myself later on. Well, see, I, I'm trying to reach higher and achieve more. <laughs> I'm trying to guide, inspire, succeed, and I'm trying to help you not only be successful but be significant. I'm doing the best I can. I appreciate uh, your support. You're doing great. You'll all. I'm always here for you. You know, these shoulders are here for you. So you just let us know what we can do to help you. Uh, Daniel, back to our (laughs) questions. Um, Probably a couple of questions that's that's probably not discussed in maybe around the coffee pot or the water cooler or the office. I don't know if anybody has cubicles anymore. I'm still stuck in the 70s and 80s in my mindset sometimes. I think there are more cubicles than coffee pots. Probably so. Yeah more just where people gather you know and when it comes to topics you think about you know sports um politics religion and when you get to religion a lot of times people just kind of talk about the basics and then just kind of surface level conversations and nobody really gets into any other deeper questions and you think about what we're going to talk about tonight big show joe has done his job very well he is challenged us to talk about angels and demons see when i think about angels and demons i think about sports uh, i grew up i think about the california angels uh you know out on the west coast and then probably my favorite demon deacon was a guy named tim duncan who played at wake forest you know never in any trouble good guy goes to the nba clean you know, never, you know, again, not arrested or anything, not controversial, win some championships. And he was a demon deacon at Wake Forest. And, and you know, I think about the angels. So, uh, I don't know. For me, you know, my 
I guess, mindset of angels and demons comes from a little different place. But biblically, there is so much to be learned. You know, the study of angels, for example, is a fascinating one uh, that it profits us to learn more about what the Bible says about angels and and demons. And uh, some people, I think, want to stay away from it because of the uh, ambiguity, because of the uh, mystery, and because maybe of the challenge or maybe just really don't want to think about it from one extreme to the other. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my intro or my thoughts about angels and demons. And you did a great job with that, but I do want to clarify something. Daniel actually brought this one up. So, well, this actually is a, a listener uh, submission, you know, listener reached out to me. That's right. (laughs) Listeners that has been enjoying the podcast reached out and said they'd like to hear us do one on this, which mentioning that, if you are enjoying the podcast, we'd love for you to, you know, give a five-star rating there, share it with others, and that way they can find it, they can enjoy it as well. And if you're not enjoying the podcast, we'd like for you to email us and tell us how we can help you enjoy it uh, even more at um, Podcast at gmail.com. So back to our our topic, though, it's, it's a topic that... I think a lot of people have a ton of questions, really more questions than there are good biblical answers to give to it, because there's uh, such huge speculation uh, about it that's both in theological uh, literature that comes from other uh, religions. Uh, For example, who, off the top of your head, is the archangel? Is it Gabriel or is it Michael? Okay. I'm going to take Michael. You're going to take Michael? Okay, if you're going by the Bible, the Bible mentions Michael as the archangel. The Quran mentions Gabriel as the mar- as the archangel. And so um, <laughs> that's Gabriel is another angel that's given a name in the Bible, obviously, and one that has played an important role. Um, but there's so many mythologies out there and, and you know, things in popular culture and literature about angels uh, and demons, uh, for that matter, that it's hard to separate what we really know from what has been fantasized about, really. And what's evolved and snowballed and kind of been twisted and turned, and, and then that's given life, and then it kind of, it's kind of like a major highway, you know, so many on-ramps and off-ramps, and it just mm-hmm. kind of spirals out of control. And one of the things that, that I've found with some research with uh, with angels is the nature, you know, you think about us, you know, we're all different, you know, we're all have our own unique set of characteristics and, uh, angels, uh, are also, you know, have their own nature or their own set of traits or or characteristics that, I mean, I want you to go back to, to finish what you were talking about. And I just found some very interesting thoughts and, uh, that's supported by the Bible, Mm -hmm. uh, which we follow about the nature of angels. So when you think of angels, what first comes to mind for, for you? Uh, For me personally, you know, the sort of image people typically have, I think is, uh, you know, a, a man with wings and maybe some sort of halo. That's sort of how people typically uh, picture an angel, but, um, you know, there's any number of, of versions of, of these heavenly hosts that are up there. A lot of the descriptions that, that we have are really um, 
bizarre and almost grotesque because so many times the angels appear to us in scriptures when it's coming in a, a heavenly sense is in the midst of dreams and visions or apocalyptic literature that we're not necessarily uh, taking uh, literally you know, on face value anyway. Uh, and so it's it's hard to really know. One of the things, I guess, the question I ask you, what do you think of? When I, what I think of angels, for me, just on the surface, is comfort for me. I, I think of comfort, and the, here's why. It's because one of the first characteristics that I found with angels is they are created beings. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 7 says, And of the angels, he says, Who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire? So there is a created being that God has created angels created them with characteristics. And then if you slide on down to verse 14 and they, not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation, asking it as a, as a question in Hebrews one fourteen, Uh, and then if you slide over just a little bit to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22, and then I'll throw the ball back to you, but they are innumerable you know, just incalculable. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22 says, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. So when I, for me, when I think about angels, I, you know, just my humanistic side, I just think about comfort. I think about uh, another, you know, something that God has created to demonstrate his power to demonstrate something that he wants, ministering spirits, Hebrews one fourteen, uh, not having flesh and bones. So, and in being innumerable, uh, I think about the great strength. So for me, I think comfort when I think of angels, you know, like you said, the world from a worldly standpoint, you know, when I was a, a child, my mother got uh, real big into doing ceramics. You know, there was this big thing and I know it, it was fun. We had ceramics everywhere. We didn't go to the store. We just wanted something. And my mom would just pour out the melage or, or whatever it was that they made the ceramic stuff out of. And, uh, there was like little figurines just all around the house. And that's what the world thinks of angels. It's something that's cemented that you create, but that's not what scripture teaches. So, yeah, I think it's good that you think of, of comfort when you think of angels, um, because angels are like you mentioned uh, Hebrews 1:14 they're they're ministering spirits that you know, they're sent out on you know task that that God has sent them on and you know they have a purpose they have a purpose and when you're reading in the bible about uh, angels one thing that uh, i guess we we should mention is angels is is really a transliteration rather than a translation the word angelos it, it actually just means messenger and there's nothing inherently supernatural about the the name angel. Uh, so you just have to tell from context in, in the Bible if what you're dealing with is a supernatural spiritual being as a, a heavenly angel or uh, anybody that's uh, any messenger could rightly be called uh, an angel. Um, anyway, so, but with that name of them being messengers, that's one of the roles they often serve for God is they're bringing, you know, messages, whether it be to, Joseph and Mary about uh, about the coming Jesus, or you know, various other messages that are sent in the Bible. They have this role of of almost like prophets uh, a lot of times. But even so, they're not um, 
all-knowing themselves. There are things that the angels don't know. They know what they what's been revealed to them and what they're uh, told to reveal to us. I, I just and I don't I want you to come back to that. But I, as you talked about, not all-knowing. If you go back to Matthew chapter twenty-four, verse thirty-six, or go over. I'm sorry, Matthew twenty-four. 36, they do not even know the time of our Lord's second coming. Um, Matthew 24, I used to paint a lot of ceramics, and it's kind of messed up my fine motor skills. Uh, it's a little harder to turn yeah, the pages. Matthew 24, 36, uh, but concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. Right, exactly. So that's the point I'm, I was trying to make that, uh, you know, they, they don't even know. They don't have that type of, of awareness, but more of uh, having a role and, and a job. So Big Show Joe, what uh, is your take on angels? When you think of, of angels, I was just curious now. I mean. You know I'm the producer, right? Oh, well, I know, but I mean, you're not. Well, that's what most people would say, but we know you as more than just a producer. You know, that you kind of... Well, I'll tell you one thing, um, and Daniel or Alan, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's Elisha, it's at the city, and there's a a group of people about to overtake this city, and he's calm and cool because he knows it's good, and then lo and behold, what what he knows is that there's angels all around protecting this city and nothing's going to happen to them. Is that Elisha? That's Elisha. You're talking about 2 Kings chapter 6. That is it. And that's one thing I think. I think about that, and I think about uh, Balaam Mm -hmm. with the donkey sees him. And so apparently these beings, they have a way of being seen, not being seen. Um, They can be fierce protectors. Strong, um, and they can, and like you said earlier, they can be comforters too. Big Show well, Joe got my notes here. Uh, he did. I, I think he got in my notes. That's good though. I like I like someone who's very studious. He's uh, I, I like that. He, he's a researcher. He, he's got he's street smart. That's well, what we're like gonna have him. to grease that door to get my head out of here by, by the time we're done with this. Well, you know, some things that he alluded to there that I want to make sure we, we grab hold of is that one you need help to see them apparently you know but because of that they could be anywhere and, and everywhere there could be angels in this room right now you know watching you know, what's what's going on um which is is something to yeah think about you're you never we well, you know you're never really alone because you know god sees everything but you may also have an angel in your presence <laughs> that, that you you don't know about um so that that's interesting but also when people do have their eyes open and they see angels, the universal response, like every time I can think of in the Bible, the first thing people, the way people respond is they're afraid. Fear, it's yeah. it's a terrifying thing to see an angel. And then the angels always have to say, you know, don't be afraid. It's okay. Don't worry. Uh, or else it is a situation where somebody should be afraid and the angel, right. you know, delivers that, you know, message. But, um, yeah, they're, they're more terrifying than we might think of them a lot of times. You think about, um, you know, another note I had when I talked about Joe getting my notes is sometimes they appear as men. If you go to Genesis chapter 18, verse two. So he lifted his eyes and looked and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground. So you think about, or if you go back to verse one, then the Lord appeared to him made by the terebinth trees 
And you might have to help me out with M-A-R-M-A-M-R-E. Mamre. as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. So he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground. So there again, you have people who, you know, appear as humans, as men, uh, when God sees fit. Sure, which is how um, people can you know, have entertained angels unawares and, and times gone by. Um, so you treat everybody you, you come in contact with like they might be an angel, just just in case. <laughs> <laughs> you never, I mean, um, you know, and I guess for me, one of the big things, this is not really a, a, a question. I know we had talked a little bit, uh, you know, and I'm sure many, many years ago that I may have, you know, I've heard it said, or I may have said about, uh, you know, people becoming angels or, or something along those lines when someone passes away. I mentioned to you earlier that, you know, when my, my brother, uh, when he died as an infant, I can always remember, you know, my mother and her sisters over the, you know, 35 years, I guess, 40 years uh, before my mom passed away, she would reconcile the loss of my brother with, you know, God needed another angel. But for me, I, w- I just kind of want to clarify, you know, that uh, that if you go to Luke 16, and we would love to read all of that, but the rich man and Lazarus, and we, you know, we see what happens that we get kind of a, get to peek by, behind the curtain the and the rich man and Lazarus. <laughs> okay. Did, did I, what did I say? I, I heard Lazarus. Lazarus. Uh, well, you know. I'm using a different translation. It could have a, a <laughs> th in it. I, I don't, I don't know. But <clears throat> the rich man and Lazarus. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and and you think about we see what happens when someone uh, has died, and and what uh, and we've talked about this on another episode. But what they become, what they are aware of, and there's no, we don't read of anyone turning into an angel. We don't, we just, we don't read of that in scripture. Um, and with rich man and Lazarus, you see that exchange and, and you see a conversation taking place, but there's no conversion, uh, even with, uh, Lazarus, you know, being obedient and doing what he was supposed to have done, that he did not turn into some type of angel. I think if we, well, like we've talked about angels were created, man was created. Right. Mm-hmm. There, yeah, that's my point right there. Yeah, that's, they're both created beings and they're different things. Uh, angels have never been men and men have never been angels. That, that's my point, you know, right there that, you know, unfortunately that, the you know, I think about friends and family that in order to reconcile uh, the loss of, of someone that that is sometimes uh, put forth to help during the grieving process. And, you know, we obviously want to help people with the grieving process, but we also need to be in reality. And that reality is God's word. Yeah. If, if a grieving person says that, I, you know, I don't yell at him about it. No, <laughs> no, don't no, hammer them. No, <laughs> that's probably not the time to say, no. you know, your theology there is really poor. Yeah. Can't, uh, can't do that. You're, you're exactly right. It's, uh, timing is, would not be good. Right. Right. And, you know, so that's the point I was making. So see big show Joe is more, than just a producer. I mean, he's more than just a sixth man off the bench. Well, you know, even though uh, angels are not uh, humans, they are like humans in that they are free moral agents. Uh, they can disobey God. 
and they uh, can sin. You know, Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4 says, For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until judgment. So there are angels that sinned and were cast out as a, as a result of that. Um, there again, Jude verse 6 uh, says, The angels who did not stay with their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. Uh, so that brings to mind the second part of, of our topic of angels and demons. You know, where do demons come from? It doesn't spell it out in so many words, but the most likely conclusion to draw from what we've just read is that demons probably are these angels that uh, are fallen, as it were, that uh, sinned and, and were cast out. Well, I've got a question about demons, though. Okay. Because whenever we think about demons, I don't think about demon possession today so much, back whenever Jesus was alive. Mm-hmm. People seem to know, yeah, that guy's got a demon over there. Uh, watch out for him. We don't really have that issue, so what's up with that? <laughs> Why were there demons then? Not so much before, not so much after, but right then, right when Jesus and the apostles and the church was getting started, that seemed to be the uh, climax of demon possession from what I can tell. That's a great question, one that I've asked myself many times, and I don't know that I have a conclusive answer to that. I think it is an interesting observation. I don't want it to be hidden in, in what you said. You did mention it, but it's something people, when they ask about demon possession today, a lot of times miss, is there wasn't really demon possession in the Old Testament. There wasn't really demon possession uh, taking place outside of that little window around about the first century uh, when you know, these, these things were, were happening. And, and I don't know why, you know, it, it's this time when the side of good is performing miracles uh, on earth. You've got the, uh, the apostles, you've got Jesus, you've got this more supernatural access uh, on the, the side of good that's, that's taking place there. And, and so maybe there's some sort of... Well, Jesus came when the Timing was perfect. Yep. Galatians 4 4. <laughs> you didn't see it, but Alan dabbed after he said, That's he did. Way, way to go. <laughs> so maybe do you think that has to do with the timing being perfect? I mean, we're. Yeah. I, like I said, I don't have a tremendous answer for that other than to point out the, uh, the, the balance of what seems to be taking place there. And maybe. Maybe in order for Jesus and his apostles to do what they needed to do. To confirm. To confirm. Yeah, they needed to kind of loosen things up on the other side as well a little bit for whatever reason. I was thinking what I was listening to you all talking, and Big Show Joe had a good, uh, I can't call you anything else but Big Show Joe. I mean, it's like I keep hammering, and that's going to be like, I'm going to have to get that stitched on the back of my jerseys if I ever play sports again. I know you had jerseys. That's cool. Uh, What's your number? You never know. Big, big, show big show joe don't need a number brother this is big I, show joe i didn't know that you were wearing jerseys that's awesome how old are you i'm not <laughs> the only jersey i want is uh the one that's got 33 on it in uh green the bird jersey that's something they have from french lake indiana that's all they're that's, out there that's yeah but i'm not willing to mortgage my house for a, a jersey 
Uh, not a, I couldn't get in one anyway. But Omar, the tent maker, he makes a lot of my clothes, and it'd be expensive to make a customized Larry Bird jersey for me. Uh, but, you know, uh, speaking of Jersey, the, the New Jersey has a team named the Devils. And speaking of the Devils, where do you think the Devil came from? Well, before How's we that for a segue. Well, before I was going back to, and that's a great question, and we, we'll that's answer. That's a great it. question. We're going to talk about something else for a second. Yeah, we're, I'm, I'm not saying no. I'm just saying not right now. Okay. Uh, but back to confirming, uh, you know, the the word. If you go to Mark chapter 16, verses 17 through 20. Mark sixteen seventeen through 20. And Jesus says, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So you think about casting out part of the... As Casting out demons is part of the confirming of the word, according to Mark 16, 17 through 20. So now, this day and time, was not demons running around or the need to, even even if anybody could, but you can't, but to cast demons out is there's no need to confirm the word. There's no need to cast out demons, and there's no need for demons to roam around the world today. Um, you know, we see rather that the scriptures say that they are now reserved in torments and unto judgment. Second uh, Peter two four and Jude six, which you alluded to earlier, so that you know kind of I think definitely knocks the legs out of any type of argument. You know, talking about demons, demons today. Um, so does that? Does that? How does that? Big Show Joe's that kosher. Uh, back to Daniel's DDG, his uh, question about Satan. And I, I really like the segue that uh, that he made. But I also like the commercial that he did about giving us a five star rating. I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> but uh, you know, here we say that soul training is important because all souls are important. That's what we we say. Back to the origin of Satan. Um, would you like to begin? I mean, you had a good question, and I have some notes, but I want to hear what you say when you talk about well, the, where I- did Satan come from. Now, I asked you first. I mean, you, okay. you, you danced around for a while, but you never did well, I to, <laughs> answer I, that question. I was, trying to answer the, the, I was trying to answer the other question uh, first. You know, it's, uh, you know, I'm not Big Show Joe. I don't have that DNA, you know, where I can just, uh, you know, I'm not an all, I'm a role player. I'm not an all-star. You know, he didn't even have a number on the back of his jersey, and I can't even get one made for me. So uh, I'm not that uh, that talented. I'm just persistent. Um well, if you think, uh, if you go to John eight forty four, we we could begin there. John eight forty four. Did you ever paint any ceramics when you were little, Joe? Did you ever do any of that? Um, it seems like we painted a cookie jar one time. Really? Yeah. Wow. Maybe just, a like a Sesame Street cookie jar or something. Just didn't last, did it? Yeah, I, I probably broke that thing immediately. I don't, I don't remember much about it. I mean, when I was a kid, I thought we lived like in a museum. I mean, we had, I mean, there was ceramics everywhere, pl- plaster cast and everything. But John eight forty four, Jesus says, "You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do." He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? 
He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. And we see that Christ is saying this to an unbelieving Jewish audience. And um, for me, that that sets the tone. That tells me, of course, I know this is definitely an understatement, but it shows me what Jesus thinks or how he defines or characterizes the devil the the uh, lowliness the ugliness uh of of that's of what satan stands for uh and just the opposite and i did just a a little a little word study and uh have you had greek yeah okay i speak spanglish that's all i speak that's all i speak My bible's is, not in spanglish yeah it's not in spanglish but i did a little word i speak sw- uh, swanglish swanglish yeah swahili in english how would you say i want a uh, large pizza in, in that um, I'd say, uh, Nina Hitachi pizza Kuba. <laughs> okay. I don't know what pizza would be, but. Okay. I have a, I have a friend who, uh, he, he lives in, uh, um, uh, in a foreign, foreign, far country. I don't know where it is. I did at one time, but I forgot, but I, he came home to visit once and I said, how do you say hamburger there? And he said, hamburger. I said, okay, that's similarly hamburger must be universal, but I did a little word study. <clears throat> Satan is also called. Ho Diablos, which is a.k.a. the devil, which the the origin or the etymology of this word in and of itself implies an endeavor to break the bonds between others and set them at variance. And you think about setting them at variance by slander, Mm -hmm. that that's what Satan is breaking the bond between us and God, striving to. Striving, now we have a choice, you know, in in that matter. If we choose to follow Satan, if we choose to follow God, but uh, I think about just the whole idea of being the opposite of truth, being the opposite of of peace, being the opposite of what God wants. But not only being the opposite, but also striving to break the bonds between us and God. Mm-hmm. So it's working uh, non nonstop. So yeah. Um- and Satan, being the the father of lies, uh, like you mentioned, um, he does seem like he's was a, a very powerful angelic being that um, that like these other angels uh, rebelled, didn't keep his proper place, and fell away. Uh, and there's going to be a whole conversation about that. Uh, our, I'll tell you, I've had people I hadn't told you guys, but mm-hmm. I'll tell you now. I've had people approach me about that very subject about. The origin of evil, I guess, for mm-hmm. a lack of a better way of saying it. What, Maybe we can tackle that sometime. Genesis one, good one. Genesis one thirty one. Well, uh, I, I interrupted Daniel. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, and then I interrupted you, and then so. you interrupted me, interrupting him. Okay, <laughs> I can't keep up. I'm sorry. Well, I was just gonna mention that Joe had asked us uh, beforehand to deal with the issue of um, uh, cherubim and seraphim. Do you want us to still take time for that, or are we? Um, can give you the two minute answer. Let's let's do the two minute answer. Okay. And if if we get some questions about it, we'll dive deeper in in another episode. But two minutes, two minute answer. All right. So uh, cherubim and seraphim are two classes of angel that are mentioned in in scripture. Um, the cherubim, we see the, a little bit more about them uh, than the seraphim. The cherubim, um, that's the they're depicted on the Ark of the Covenant uh, in. Uh, in the mercy seat with their uh, wings reaching out over that. They seem to sort of have the role of of guardian, I guess. 
that um, uh, you would you would have I don't know a security type situation where it was a cherubim that was stationed at the uh, Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve were were kicked out. Cherubim is there, uh, so that you see them associated closely with the presence of God, with the throne room of God, with sort of those sentries being stationed in a, a protective uh, sense. The seraphim, even less is known about seraphim, uh, is really only translated that way in Isaiah chapter 6. Um, but here, here's the thing, that's not the only time the word seraphim is used in the Old Testament, but most of the time when we encounter it, it's translated as fiery serpent. And so, like when the fiery serpents, you know, went out among the the camp of the Israelites and were biting people, and people were dying, that's the same word. But uh, for whatever reason, when it occurs in, in Isaiah's vision there in Isaiah chapter six, uh, they go ahead and translate it seraphim because that doesn't look like a snake. That that's there. You get these these creatures that have uh, six, six wings. wings. They have hands. They have legs, um, and so. And there, again, you know, it seems to be a, a very powerful thing. But a lot more has been mythologized about them than is actually in, in Scripture. And I kind of want to go back to the, the question that Joe, Big Show Joe asked about was the creation. Or remember, you asked the origin or the creation of Satan. I just wanted to, to share as we kind of hit close out here. Genesis chapter 1, verse 31 says that all God created was good, therefore... God must have created Satan good. And we know Matthew nineteen seventeen tells us that God is good. So he must have we created Satan as good. But Satan, like us, had an opportunity to choose, make a choice, free moral will, free moral agency to do good or, or evil. Because uh, if you go to Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, this reminds us of that choice, but it also provides us some comfort. And it seems evil to you to serve the Lord. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Satan chose not to serve the Lord. So God created but made a choice uh, is the point that I wanted to go back about the origin of Satan. So, uh, been very informative. I've talk, got to talk about ceramics and uh, a little bit about the origin of, of Satan and angels and demons, and uh, get to talk about uh, bragged on me quite a bit. Got to just talk about how lucky we are to be in the presence of greatness with Big Show. I can stop sending you all those texts to talk about me more now. Yeah, you you, you text me a lot of good descriptors, and I try to use all of them. And Alan, I think you ended the discussion there on a good note, talking about the choices that Satan made, the choices that we can make. We want to exercise our free moral agency to choose to be good. You know, we're defined uh, by our choices, you know, not just our inherent nature. Well, what are you going to choose to be? Uh, are you going to choose to do what's good? Or are you going to choose to do what's evil? You're going to choose to give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast app you listen to. Exactly. And Tell dab. all your friends about it. <laughs> dab as you do it. Exactly. You know, tell your friends that listening to soul training is optional, but so is heaven. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's a way. Well, you know, I didn't connect those things. I just made two statements that are true. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so thank you for joining us, our dear listener. 
Uh, I would thank Big Show Joe, but I think he's probably been thanked enough today. <laughs> you can always keep thinking. Uh, thank our uh, host, Alan Jones, the uh, church here at South Green Street Church of Christ, and their elders for making this possible. Uh, please do send us your email with uh, comments and questions and follow-up. We uh, we really want that. We read them, and we try to respond to it uh, every time if we can. And until next time, keep soul training. Soul training Time to practice what you preach Yes we do, we've got soul training To learn more, you can email us at soultrainingpodcast at gmail.com or you can write to us P.O. Box 503, Glasgow, Kentucky 42142 That's soul training.